Hour number three. It's the Plank Show. He, folks, is Connor Pasby. I'm Josh Elmer. Welcome back in for hour number three, presented by Mop and Roofing. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Mop and Roofing, serving all of Oklahoma, has been in business for over 35 years. 405-703-3843. All right, let's do this thing, shall we? Let's hit our top five stories of the day. Newcastle Casino, they bring us the top five stories of the day. They've got the best reels in the metro. Happy hour, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. They're conveniently located off I-44, exit 107. 14 table games, including blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Baccarat, newcastlecasino.com. Big story number five. To the NBA to start with here, the Golden State Warriors, they – uh. They polished off a four-team trade that will allow guard Gary Payton II to pass his physical and three more players. Wiseman, Bay, and Knox uh, to be cleared beginning Monday, sources told uh, ESPN last night. The Warriors uh, initially held up the trade after team doctors raised concerns about Payton's injured abdomen, and uh, they will await an NBA inquiry into the Port- Portland Trailblazers' alleged failure to provide relevant pre-agreement medical information. Findings of wrongdoing, by the way, Connor, could cost the Blazers draft picks and fines and could result in re-examining the package of five second-round picks that the Warriors traded the Blazers to acquire Peyton. Uh, any of the other? I mean, obviously, Kevin Durant's the the big news on the trade deadline. That's, uh, that's massive for the Suns. To me, that makes them the favorites out west. In my estimation, what do you make of this report that Russell Westbrook's weighing his options? For um, yeah, I just don't know where Russell will will end up. I mean, I think Miami's a talk that's been uh, getting up there for a destination for uh, Russell Westbrook, but dude, he's just getting so like late in his career. Like, I didn't think he was doing bad with the Lakers. I thought he had some good games. I didn't think he should have been traded. I mean, just watching that game he had against the Thunder. But the Lakers had other plans, and they send Russ out. So if you're wondering, you're, you're saying to yourself, okay, what do you mean weighing his options? So Russell Westbrook was dealt at the deadline to Utah. And here's what ESPN reports. After an initial discussion with the franchise's management, Russell Westbrook is about to take some time heading into the All-Star break to try and decide on what the next steps in his career will look like this season he could negotiate a contract buyout for the remainder of his 47 million dollar salary this season and uh, that would allow Westbrook to become a free agent and sign wherever he wants right uh, or or whoever I, I shouldn't say wherever he wants but it would open up the possibility for him to have some options right the Chicago Bulls are a possibility in that scenario the Clippers the Heat there's some others that are possibilities if he works a buyout with the Jazz yeah, so he will not be playing for the Utah Jazz. He he also he he could choose to and yeah. be owed the remainder of his forty seven million dollar salary. So 
We'll see. In other trades, I mean, I didn't really stay on top of it a whole bunch for the NBA, but D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell uh, back to the Lakers. That I found that a little bit interesting. It's just it's hard with the NBA, dude. There's just so many trades <laughs> going on at the deadline. It's hard to keep track of. Well, and we just had the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. And there's plenty of Oklahoma sports to get to, which as part of our weekend that was, uh, w- one quick NFL note, big story number four. Obviously, we've got we got multiple NFL notes because yeah, LeBron had other plans. Thank you, Tommy. Exactly. Yes, that's that's correct. <laughs> yes, he had other plans for for Russell Westbrook. Uh, we've got multiple NFL stuff to hit here. The Super Bowl, of course, was last night, but uh, one of the big stories that's out there from this weekend is, which this is, I mean, look, this should be no surprise. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr is not going to waive his no trade clause and. Basically, he's going to force the Raiders to cut him. The reason being, should Carr be on the Raiders roster come this Wednesday, his full $32.9 million salary for next season becomes guaranteed, as does $7.5 million of his $41.9 million salary for 2024. If the Raiders cut Derek Carr before Wednesday, the Raiders then are off the hook for the $40.4 million and they would take a $5.6 million salary cap hit, but also free up $29.3 million in cap space. So this is a matter of time. He's not getting dealt. It sounds like uh, the only one team was interested in a trade for Derek Carr, and probably the Raiders haven't gotten the – they haven't at least yet gotten the type of package back to where they say, okay, yeah, this is uh, this is something we can all agree on where Derek Carr will waive, waive the no-trade clause – for said team, and the package back is is good for the Raiders, right? So it's probably not going to happen there. They're probably going to cut him Yeah, save that, a bunch of cash. That situation just so much going on with Derek Carr with the Raiders. I hope he finds – I don't think he's going to stay with the Raiders, but I hope he finds – No, he's a, not. Yeah, I hope he finds a team that can – that, like, knows how to play him. Because I think he's still a really solid quarterback, and he will be a, he will be a starter somewhere else. Carr turns 32 on the 28th of March, and he visited with the Saints last week, so maybe some buzz there. Big story number three, the weekend that was for the Oklahoma men's and women's basketball teams. As I like to say, Connor, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And the worst of times... Not not great. What's going on with uh, Oklahoma men's basketball right now? A good start to well the the game itself, and then the the second half did not did not continue. And Kansas winds up routing Oklahoma. I've said it all morning long. To me, one of the big takeaways that concerns me about the prognosis going forward, not just for this season, Connor, but long term here is. Look, West Virginia, Kansas, those two games especially, well, you beat West Virginia in round one, you almost won in the fog in round one, and you got walloped by both in round two. That, to me, is very discouraging. Yeah, it, it does not make any sense. And then to lose by uh, over 30 to West Virginia in Morgan time, or in Morgantown, we just saw that West Virginia team lose by 20-plus to Texas uh, over the weekend. The Oklahoma it, women, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, it's, it's just hard. It's a hard time right now for uh, for OU guys hoops. I mean, to go through all those close games, and now you're just getting 
blowouts, and now you find yourself tied for last place in the Big 12. It's just, 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 just a rough time for Moser and his team. Yeah, well, and hopefully they can get any kind of positivity coming down the stretch here, and Moser in year three can really, really get things rolling at Oklahoma. I've, I've said to you, to me, got to get better bigs. That's step one. That has to get upgraded. Hopefully these couple of signees paired with uh, Yuzan and o- Otega Owe, hopefully that gets things shifting in a positive direction for Oklahoma. I think if you can if you can shore up the postgame for Oklahoma, it can improve rapidly for the Sooners. But, again, it's kind of like defensive tackles and defensive ends in football. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody's looking for talented bigs, right? And it's not just, hey – Go find a talented big. They grow on trees. It's tough to get those guys, and Oklahoma's not been getting them. And now they're tasked with once again this offseason. They got to retool it somehow, some way. Find a couple of guys like that. It, it, it just makes a huge difference when you have those six, eleven, seven footers down low who are really athletic and uh, they're rim protectors. And OU does not have that. But if we talk about the OU girls, though, all the problems that the OU guys have. OU girls do not have that problem. They got, they have size, and they have uh, plenty of girls on the floor that can that can score. Outscored Kansas State by 19 in the second and third quarters this uh, Sunday, Super Sunday, up in Manhattan. Led by 24 going into the fourth, they win going away, 85 to 68. And Liz Scott had 20 points a. Season high for her to lead the way for Oklahoma and coach Ginny Baranchek's squad. They're now 20-4 and four on the season, 10-3 and three in the Big 12. They're one game back, one game back from the Longhorns. And, oh, by the way, they've got a date coming up with the Horns a week from Saturday to potentially, if they take care of business this week, Depending upon obviously, you know, Texas, who knows? Maybe maybe they slip up this week. But if everybody takes care of business and wins a week from Saturday, that's gonna be Oklahoma playing Texas too. In 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 Norman, they'll they'll flip it back, play the round one down in Austin, they'll come back to Norman, and that's gonna be a chance for OU to pull even that's in good. the Big Twelve standings, even though Charlie Cream hates <laughs> OU. That's gonna be the game to watch, and it's on ESPN plus, but still. Top twenty five showdown in Norman for a chance to tie uh, the Big 12 regular season, maybe eventually run away with it and be the champs in the regular season. Man, that would be huge momentum uh, building that for the Big 12 tournament and then eventually the NCAA tournament. Well, and as it pertains to ESPN Plus, Connor, the buzz that I keep hearing, the questions that everybody I think is asking out there is, is Flow Softball so bad that ESPN Plus is now good for everyone? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> is it so oh, bad man. that uh, folks now love ESPN Plus? Which natural segue to story number two. Perfect five and O oh start down in the well, out in Cali for Oklahoma. It wasn't. I'm not here to tell you that he was picture perfect for the Sooners. Yes, they were tested. Uh, Liberty took Oklahoma into extra innings, and what a throwing error is what winds up uh, – well, and give Oklahoma credit, right? You, you put the ball in play and Liberty makes a mistake, and guess what? You win the game and extras one to nothing. Washington, it was not uh, – that's a top 15 Washington team, but it wasn't the best performance, obviously, that we've seen from Jordy Ball, though I saw, I saw our folks here at, at KREF Sports working the social media game. Nicole May, 
she's got an argument, right, for Big 12 Pitcher of the Week, you think? Oh, no doubt. I she mean, was awesome yeah, what in she that did, game. yes. When she came in, yeah, late in the game, in a circumstance like that, coming in and just shutting the Huskies down, yes, of course. I think would definitely get every Oklahoma fan's vote, right? Came in three, and if you missed it, three and a third innings, eight Ks, and went and shut the door down with that game, uh, a one run ball game in the bags juice. So she was awesome. Long picture view here. That's a great sign for Oklahoma that uh, she could get put into that spot, deliver in that moment. And then uh, the lineup in a couple of games did break out. I know that I don't think this is the majority of Oklahoma fans. And True Sooner brought this up earlier in his call. There's some folks that throwing their hands up in the air like, hey, what's going on with this softball team? <laughs> this this is who – this is what Oklahoma softball has morphed itself into. It's such a juggernaut, Connor, that when – when it's not just the route is on like we saw versus Stanford when you uh, run rule victory in six, and obviously what they did to San Jose State, people say, well, wait a second here. It's it's a, a two-time defending champion, what, five championships in, what, the last decade that Oklahoma has won? So when things aren't dominant, people ask questions, and yet I come away from the weekend and think Oklahoma got a ton of positive things yeah. out of it. Well, people got to understand, too, on opening day weekend, obviously it's going to take a little bit for your bats to get going. That's how it is in softball and even baseball at the college level, even in the pros level. It's just those – you're trying to get the bats going. You haven't had a game yet in the season. And then eventually OU started to get those bats going. The pitching stayed hot. Uh, Jordy Ball uh, struggled a little bit in that Washington game, but we still know what Jordy's capable of. And for Nicole May to come in – and the performance that she had, man, that's just it says a lot about Nicole May and the career that she has at Oklahoma. I see Gunny of Stutzman Army out there reminding us that he loved how men's and women's gymnastics slapped around, knocked Stanford around as well, spanking the trees. That was a huge. Well, Stanford was number one. Huge performance in. for the men's gymnastics team. Absolutely uh, massive. We should. Talk more in detail about uh, what Mark Williams' bunch was able to do. That was just gigantic for them. And they did that in in doing so, Connor. Did I see the tweet right? They've not lost at home since 2007. I, I'm not sure about that, but if that's right. That's, oh, man, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, 16 years? They played some tough teams, too. Well, that, I mean, that's Stanford. That's yeah. gigantic. Gigantic, so wow, that's uh, massive for men's gymnastics. Big story number one. The Kansas City Chiefs, even though nobody picked them, if you listen to Travis Kelsey, they win the Super Bowl last night, and the final call from a very excited Mitch Holtis sounded like this. Hurts takes the snap. The Chiefs. Only rushing two on a delay. Clock is going to be out of time, and the pass is going to be underthrown. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Everyone, everyone who claims that Chiefs Kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons, the Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection that Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. And Mitch Holtis is out. (laughs) 
of breath. I think he had that written down. I think he had. You think that. he had it, dude? I heard it a little bit. Oh man, yeah. And I heard Toby talk about it uh, this morning too, dude. He was just he was talking too much uh, for the last call. He's like he's like talking. He was like saying a story. Mitch Holtis can do no wrong. Toby, I'm sorry. Still a great call, though. I mean, still a great call. I, I don't, I don't know that you're definitely wrong, but as a Chiefs fan, I'm gonna have to say you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right, but you're wrong because Mitch Holtis can do no wrong. The Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they win it last night in a Super Bowl classic, 38 to 35. The uh, Chiefs, of course, now two out of the past four. Patrick Mahomes. Another Super Bowl MVP for himself. He becomes the the league's first since what? Kurt Warner to win the regular season MVP and then the Super Bowl MVP. Andy Reid, big night in terms of his legacy as well. He's now one of, I believe if I have the, the number right, 14 coaches with multiple uh, Super Bowl championships. And, oh, by the way, if he gets one more, he would join an even more exclusive club than that. I think just... Uh, four or five coaches that would have won, well, coached to three Super Bowl rings. And, oh, by the way, he did it against the uh, franchise that fired him, that uh, he could never win the big one for, could never get over the top for Philly, and he gets him in the big game last night. Though I thought Philly played great. Jalen Hurts uh, Jalen Hurts specifically was tremendous, tremendous in the game last night. And Tommy says Patrick Mahomes was not the MVP. Okay, who do you give it to then? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you kind of have to, right? Would you – is it – I mean, the touchdowns were, like, kind of spread out. Right. Tony was massive for Kansas City, right, because he has the big maybe, punt return and he had the, the other touchdown. Or maybe Pacheco. I don't, I don't know who else you – I mean, I think for Kansas City it had to be Mahomes. Yeah, there's no other person I, I don't think you're really – you're giving it to. I, I don't – I mean, he look, he – Juju, he says – yeah, uh, Juju was really good. Juju was really good. Well, he, yeah, he didn't do much in the game till later on, though. Right? Cue, cue the text line. The MVP was the officials. <laughs> it was it was Sheffers and his crew. They had to get involved. They were waiting. They ruined it. They ruined it for the rest of us. Such a good officiating game, though, till till the last last play. It would have been. We we would have. Uh, we would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you and those meddling Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, what's-his-name in the postgame says, oh, yeah, I did, actu- I did actually hold. I was hoping they'd let it slide. Which hats off to him. Classy. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Up for debate. <laughs> Up for debate. Super Bowl 57, it's uh, in the books. Kansas City wins at 38-35. We've got much more reaction from that. I told you earlier, the <laughs> – uh, different different MVP selections <laughs> coming in on the uh, the text line. Some officials getting the the MVP nod. Uh, told you earlier the the move to the SEC, the importance of it now. I do think it's important. I'll share why I think it's important with you and your reaction to it. I know that uh, obviously we got the Super Bowl to react to. We can talk hoops if you still want to. Oklahoma men's and women's basketball, the gymnastics win. Massive for the Sooners as well. And uh, that, of course, the top five stories of the day. We thank you, Newcastle Casino, bringing us the top five. But let's talk the move to the SEC. The exit is done, finally. Oh, my gosh, we don't have to talk about win anymore. We've got a finalized date for OU in the Big 12. It's the Plank Show right here, home of Sooner fans. You like Sugar Red? 
Yeah, a little bit. Solid. Good tunes. Very late 90s, early 2000s. This is basically the late 90s, early 2000s in yeah. a nutshell is is this. The Gun- soundtrack of those days. <laughs> Gunny did say yes to uh, they haven't lost at home in 16 years. In McCaslin. That, that is, is nuts, dude. Yeah. No matter what sport, that is just crazy. It would be uh, it would be cool if we're gonna have to do some research on this. I'd be curious to see a graphic of the ranked opponents over the course of those sixteen years that they've had in McCaslin Fieldhouse, and and not just even all of uh, all of the meets in general that they've won, but man. You know that they've had an aggressive schedule, and they've brought really, really talented opponents in here time and time again. You know, obviously they they did uh, they did right here versus uh, Stanford, and guess what? They they got the thing done. So I'd be curious to see how many you know ranked top five, top ten uh, opponents that they brought in in over that stretch of sixteen years taking care of business against. It's well, got to be a bunch. I'm, I'm curious where that ranks up with, like, all-time sports, too, like winning streaks at home. Well, and for men's gymnastics, I would imagine I would imagine uh, it's it's got to be one of the longer ones, right? You would think so. I mean, I don't I can't think of any other team in another sport that's doing that for 16 years, dude, not to lose. One word, my friend. Dominance. Dominance. Actually, two words. Prolonged dominance. <laughs> yeah, that one, too. Yeah, spe- well, especially with a, the number one team coming to town, too. Yeah, they're not playing no scrubs. You got top 10, top 15 men's gymnastic, te- or men's gymnastic teams coming in the house. You want to get to Bill? Uh, yeah, sorry. I, thank you for reminding me. To be honest, I, I forgot we had him hanging on. But, uh, yeah, let's get him in here. Riverwind uh, Casino Jackpot Line. Bill, good, uh, good morning. Nearly good afternoon, but good morning. How are you? Just fine. I'm gonna have be a kind of a little bit advocate here. I'm for all going to the SEC, but I think it would not have hurt to have gotten one more year of recruits in to give him some depth. Because if you look, you're gonna have to play Jackson. Ar- There's no way around it. Jackson Arnold's gonna have to play in a lot of these games to get college playing experience. Let me paint. Want to go to- let me paint a picture for yep. you, Bill. Oklahoma wins double-figure games this season and wins the Big 12 championship, whatever that entails, okay? If that gets you a college football playoff berth, whatever it is, right? Oklahoma wins the the Big 12 championship this season. Do you change your tune on you wish you had one more year? Yes, I think you need another year of getting big inside defensive tackles in there because you're going to have a lot of kids that are going to be playing it, some of them are going to be forced to play as freshmen because you don't have the depth there yet. Well, here's here's my thoughts on it, and I appreciate the phone call, Bill, and uh, have a great uh, – any, anything else, Bill? Well, I just hope everybody that says rip the mandate off, what are you going to say if they have a subpar year or average year in the SEC? Are you still going to be that high on it? Well, I'll – I'll I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, and I appreciate the phone call, Bill. To me, the subpar year in the SEC, it might happen regardless. And ultimately, I mean, the the 
ripping the Band-Aid off, getting to the SEC one year early, just in terms of, in, in a general sense, Connor, the Big 12 wants it, ESPN wants it, the, the playoffs expanding that season, Oklahoma, Texas wanted it, right? So just in the most general sense, every, all, every party involved, except for maybe Fox, wanted this to happen, right? Yeah, everybody Yeah, everybody did. It was just a matter of time, and we finally got this in. Pretty nice to have the 12-team playoff uh, go along with that move as well. If you're good this season, the whole, hey, let's build the roster up, we need time to do that, the complexion on all of that will change dramatically, will it not? If you're just good this year and go win the Big 12 or play in the Big 12 championship game? Yeah, if you're, yeah, if you're good, and yes, if you do get to the Big 12 championship game, then, yeah, I mean, you feel a lot better making that move to the SEC, but then you got to talk about what if you have a similar season to like what, what you had last year. Well, how, how, how are you feeling about things when you head to the SEC the next year? Well, in that case, I mean, does it matter then when you go? If you're bad again? I mean, just to stabilize and have one good year before you go or to fill the roster out a little bit more before you go? We will have a much, much better idea on all of this after we see if P.J. Adabare, after we see if Derek LeBlanc, if those guys can come in and be immediate contributors. What about Bowen? There's a reason this was a massive late flip for Oklahoma. If those guys come in and they're stars, and again, if Oklahoma's just good, if Oklahoma's just back to being good, the whole, oh my gosh, well, we need more time to build this roster. No, you don't. The other reason I think it's important that you you rip this thing off and get over there now is – and I said this on the podcast, and I don't think I've said it here on the, the ref with us. You've been selling what on the recruiting trail for however long now under Coach Venables and company, Connor? What have you been selling? What's that? We're going to the SEC! Ch- Change its recruits' mind, yeah. That, that attracts them right there. Yes, and you've been selling it, and you've been selling it, and you've been selling it. And if... Like, let's paint the scenario that, again, it's a little bit of a struggle for you this season, right? You haven't totally haven't totally turned the corner. The allure of playing in the SEC quicker, I think, gives you a better chance to ink the type of signing class that you just inked versus you're still in limbo, you got to be in the Big 12 longer. I think it positions Oklahoma better to sell what it's trying to sell and just in general what you're selling on the recruiting trail, to have finality. Everybody knows, okay, it's not, you know, it's, well, you know you're going to the SEC, but, yeah, we don't really know when. It might be a year early. It might not. might not be until 2025. Now everybody knows. That, to me, is a positive from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, you're telling kids, hey, we're, we're going to the SEC next. You're, you're going to go up against the Georgia and the Bamas of the world, and they're going to be all for that. I, I mean, I I love the move. I've been I've been waiting for the move. I'm ready to get into the SEC, especially to make some of these uh, unique road trips. They're going to be a little bit different, a little bit new to us, but it's going to be awesome. You should not be as an Oklahoma fan discouraged or thinking that you need more time to build the roster up before you you jump in. Just jump in and go find out where you stand. Before this past season, Connor, yes, on the big stage, it's gotten ugly. For Oklahoma. But generally speaking, Oklahoma's been in the tier right below those top dogs in the SEC 
the last quarter century. So one bad year should not freak you out enough to the point to where you need two more years' time to jump in. Be confident in who Oklahoma is and who Oklahoma has been. Well, that's what all the fans are freaking out about, too, is the one bad year of first losing season and uh, for how long now? But, I mean, that shouldn't make a difference. You're, you're still, hey, saying this, but, I mean, you're still Oklahoma, and it's going to attract the guys when you say, hey, we're making this move to the SEC, and the recruits are going to be all over that. Everybody, a big sigh of relief. Breath of fresh air if, again, OU is just good this season. But even if even if they're not 6-7 and seven bad, Connor, but they're marginally improved, again, I will plant – I will – Baker Mayfield plant my flag in the state of Ohio and tell you I think it's positive for OU that, again, they're able to, on the recruiting trail, sell – finality there's there's no more murkiness on when the arrival to the sec will happen because you you got away with that in one signing class here early for brent venables would you be able to do it again okay those guys are terrific recruiters i'm not going to put it past them that they could but to me i i think this better positions oklahoma on a in a recruiting sense even if you're not big 12 championship good this season though i think there's a good chance oh you will be well i agree with you earlier when you said about the freshman coming in guys like autobare if they can make an immediate impact right away in that front seven the defensive line the linebackers if they're much improved uh, for ou this upcoming season then yes you feel you feel great about that because what those are those are important positions when you get to the sec the trenches and linebacker play yeah really we're talking about defensive line yeah right Defensive line, just defense in general. If they're better this year defensively, everybody will be more comfortable going to the SEC. We can can we can continue to kick it around. It's hour number three. Uh, we're winding down. Just a couple more segments to go. It's the Plank Show right here, presented by Mop and Roofing. In hour number three, appreciate Mop and Roofing. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated. They're fully insured, licensed, and bonded. It's Mop and Roofing who's been serving all of Oklahoma, and they've been in business for over 35 years. Give them a call, 405. Give them a call today, 405-703-3843. Let's take a timeout. Peyton, I see on the text line a couple of you others out on the text line as well we'll clean that up next and we'll come down the home stretch if you want to jump in here still time for you to do that as well it's the plank show josh and connor back with you in a moment back with you just a couple more times here at least for us right here on the plank show he ladies and gentlemen is connor pasby i'm josh elmer nobody freak out as i like to say when he's out chris plank will return in his regularly a lot of time right here alongside myself tomorrow for the Plank Show. We'll uh, we'll do it live like we always do from 9 to noon. He'll be back. He's traveling back from uh, the Sooners' perfect 5-0, spotless, spotless 5-0 start out there in the Mark Campbell Invitational for Sooner Softball. So uh, Plank will be back with us tomorrow. This hour brought to us by Mop and Roofing. Appreciate Mop and Roofing. They've got you covered. Oklahoma. So, did you see, somehow I missed this, that uh, uh, several people are running with the the headline, and look, Barry Switzer said it. Barry Switzer told the Tulsa world, quote, I'm concerned. Talking about Oklahoma's move to the SEC. I know what it'll look, I know what it'll, I know what it will look like. It'll look like we're playing Texas every bleeping week. 
Well, and that's the dude that Barry Switzer, who likes the Big 12th, and he's he was hoping OU would stay in the Big 12, so he doesn't like the move to the SEC. But, I mean, I get it. New era of football, though, I mean, you want to get involved with the SEC and any chance you got a big brand like OU in Texas, you're going to hop on that opportunity. You've got to be good, Switzer added. I don't know if we're good enough right now. We'll have to get better on defense, end quote. And then one more. Switzer also speculated that OU's move to the SEC was a motivation as well as to why Lincoln Riley left the program for USC. Quote, I think it's one of the major reasons why Lincoln Riley left. He wasn't involved in the decision to join the SEC, so he got the bleep out of here. End quote. Now, I did, I did see that a few days ago. I'm not sure when he said it, but I saw it over the weekend. Kind of treat me a little bit to what Barry said. Well, look, there's no doubt that Oklahoma's going to have to get a heck of a lot better than what they were this past season, particularly defensively. But that would have been true in the Big 12 right now, Connor. Right, yeah. So I'm hopeful still, and I have been for a long time, Dating back to that Peach Bowl decimation by LSU. I said that night right here on these airwaves. Tyler will attest to this. Oklahoma's not winning another national championship until they leave and get in the SEC. I felt that way that night. I feel that way today, this morning. It's the, if I'm, if I'm doing this right this morning, Connor, a rising tide lifts all boats. Is that the phrase? Yeah, I think it is, yes. Or something to that effect. Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful that that's what happens for OU in the SEC. Right, you're hoping you're not just an average team in the SEC. You're hoping to compete with the big dogs that are in there. Brazilian Sooner says building the O line is just as important, if not more than any position. But like someone used to say, we are close. <laughs> you agree with that O line? I think the defensive line is this era of football now, the defensive line is the most important position. It shows that in the SEC. I go back to that college football semifinal matchup with Georgia and Ohio State. Ohio State was able to match up with Georgia because of the dudes that they had on the defensive line and what they had defensively. I think it's an interesting point from Brazilian Sooner. You got Caden Green. That was a big recruiting win. Up front for OU, uh, development in spots has been really good for Oklahoma on the offensive line. They've also found some steals, I think, out of the transfer portal. But generally speaking, you need more Caden Greens, right, coming into this program. So you got one there. Let's see about Bates. He's the top-rated center, is he not, coming in? Yeah. I know that uh, low tide. Low tide <laughs> okay, ain't raising thanks, Johnny. Yes, thanks. Did it, yeah, it's supposed to be high tide. <laughs> yeah. I said low tide. That was Google. Google mis <laughs> Google misled me. I'm I'm like Ron Burgundy. I apologize. Don't put it on the teleprompter. But you you are bringing in some more help on the O line. But I thought the O line was fine. I mean, the bowl game was something else because you had a few opt outs and you had to put uh, some new guys in and you had some injuries in that uh, bowl game that did not help out as well. So you had different guys playing different spots that. They just were not used to, and they didn't see as much playing time throughout the year. The general point, I think, is right, though. Oklahoma needs to improve up front both sides of the ball. Trenches, yes, they do. It's probably more It's more pronounced defensively, just across the board, but up front, than it is offensively. But both of those areas, yes, Oklahoma has to get better to, to go win championships and be competitive in the SEC. That's, that's definitely fair to say. Jim in Arlington. 
It's not like OU will be uh, eight-man Oklahoma football taking on Bixby or Jinx playing in the SEC. You lost how many close games last year, and then the one-and-a-half when your quarterback uh, was absent, QB1, and Dylan Gabriel was absent. Last time I checked, Oklahoma's a blue blood, not a Sun Belt team. Yeah, we, we Thank you, Jim. <laughs> we would not have be having this conversation if those close, all those close losses went uh, the other way for OU, but we happen to be there, and that's why we're talking about it. We would be having these types of conversations to a not nearly the same degree, right? There would be there would be some fans out there, I think, Connor, that well, Texas and TCU—that's a different story. But there would be fans that would ask the question: Are we ready for the jump to the SEC? If you know, you're not in the college football playoff, et cetera, et cetera. Even if you went to the college football playoff, like say Oklahoma won the Big 12 last year and had the same result as TCU. What do you think the result? What, what do you think the that reaction would be, would hard. be right oh, now? Oh, that would be. Oh, that would be. Th- hard. Think about that. They played in the national championship yeah. game. You're saying if OU got to a national championship game and, and got, had the got, exact got same result, out, yeah, got blown out like TCU. We. <laughs> we would be having this conversation, yes. Are they Still. ready, right? Yeah. It would be a different framing of it, but I think you'd be having that conversation. You would. Uh, let's see. Peyton, I, I, I said I was going to get to Peyton here. Josh, can't believe you have to work the day after the Super Bowl. Congrats to our Chiefs. Hopefully this is the start of an incredible athletic season for us. Y- yes, I like our our odds to get another one with Oklahoma softball, and I, I will backtrack just momentarily. I know we got one final break we got to take, and we're up against it. Josh, he, he said this This would have been Thursday of last week, and we ran out of time. We didn't hit. It was late in the show. Josh, how are you feeling about the Super Bowl, man? I'm a fellow Chiefs fan in Wichita. feels like we really got to win this one, or people will start with the can't win the big one storyline, even though we've already won one. We'll go out the door with that, what it means for Mahomes, what it means for Reed, and then just some some final touch-ups out there on the uh, text line before we call it a day right here at the home of Sooner fans. It's the Plank Show. Back with you one final time. Hour three, it's the Plank Show right here. The ref, the home of Sooner fans. Hope everybody had a a great weekend, nice, nice Super Bowl watch parties. And uh, obviously, hope everybody was safe. Hour three has been presented by Mop and Roofing. They've got us covered. Oklahoma, locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, bonded Mop and Roofing, serving all of Oklahoma. They've been in business for over 35 years. 405-703-3843. So, revisiting this from Peyton. Feels like we've really got to win this one, the Chiefs, or people will start the can't win the big one storyline, even though Mahomes and Kansas City have won one. Yes, it was paramount for Kansas City to get that done. And the other thing that happened in this game, you know, really Mahomes wasn't very good in either of Kansas City's first two Super Bowl trips with Mahomes. I know he won the MVP in round one, though I could make an argument that probably it should have been Damian Williams that night. And it was until the fourth quarter and Wasp that he had the big play to Tyreek Hill. He hadn't really been Patrick Mahomes in the big game. He was last night, so that was huge. Long, long vision here. To me, this means that he's going to finish with at least four Super Bowl wins. I think last night, uh, it means that to me. He's definitely getting back. He's going to win a couple more. He's going to stack rings. He might finish with more than that. I don't think he'll finish with less than that. And then one final text here in closing. 
How many stars was Creed Humphrey coming out of high school? Casey's O-line is the reason the Chiefs won yesterday. Agreed. I said as much earlier. The fact that they couldn't get to Mahomes, they sacked opposing quarterbacks 70 times this season. They couldn't do it once last night. And, oh, by the way, that big run that set up the game-winning score, it's because of how it was blocked. Creed Humphrey, he he was a blue chipper. So in the, let's see, the 17 class. He was a four-star, yeah, four-star. Four-star kid. Four-star kid. He was the uh, second-rated center in the class and 144th nationally. So Oklahoma's, according to 24-7 sports, Oklahoma's gotten some blue-chip guys here and there. They got to get more of those guys up front on the offensive line. Hey, that's it. Everybody's happy, right? Chiefs Super Bowl champs again, part two out of the last four years. Uh, Don't go anywhere. Steel Man and Thune at Noon coming your way next. So long, everybody.